0: G'day everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Birders Guide. How's everybody's birding been this week? Mine has been rained out, which is wonderful. It'll be great to see how the place looks in a few weeks, and uh, I'm not 100% sure what places up north have got, but hopefully Gluepot and Birdsville Track and all of those places got got a bit of something, which will make uh, this year quite a good year to be out and about, provided... We're legally allowed to do so. We've had uh, 87 mil here in the last seven days which is pretty massive. Um, personally I love the rain. Cool and wet is my favourite sort of weather. I have a pretty severe disliking of the sun if the temperature is over about 24 uh, which means in a nutshell that I'm living in very much the wrong place on earth. But interestingly it doesn't seem to equate to birding. I've been Uh, burning out at glue pot in 45 degrees and and really had no problem with that at all so read into that what you will i think i'm more suited to tasmania to be honest but my wife hates the cold so we compromise and live here (laughs) no not really i'm happy half the year she's happy half the year tis what it is so I spoke in the first episode about wanting to introduce and build connections in the birding community. I think everyone you meet has an interesting story, and obviously we all have the same love of birds and birding. So I'm hoping to chat to a wide range of birders from all over the country over the course of this podcast, and today, Sandy Horn is the lucky one who got to go first. I'm quite grateful to her for agreeing to be the guinea pig so to speak um she posts a fair bit on the South Aussie Burning Facebook group and I, I just noticed that and so I messaged her out of the blue told her I was putting together a podcast and asked if she'd be willing to come on the show and here we are in fact I don't I don't actually know if she knows that she was the first one possibly not so Sandy if you're listening to this which I'm sure you are I apologize you're a wonderful guest and uh so with that, let's get into today's conversation.
1: You're listening to The Birder's Guide, with Michael Greenshields.
0: So Sandy, welcome to The Birder's Guide. It's great to have you on the show.
1: Thanks Michael, it's great to be here.
0: Now. We actually don't live very far from each other. I reckon maybe about 20 minutes. How long have you lived in the Clare Valley for?
1: Um, on and off, uh, about five years. My partner lives here. I split my time between Adelaide and the Clare Valley. Spend as much time as I can up here. I'd prefer to be up here. And during this lockdown time, I'm up here um, all of the time until we past this um, I work in Adelaide so I need to be close to Adelaide to work four days a week the rest of the time I'm up here
0: yeah so where where were you from originally before you moved
1: well, I'm from Queensland originally in fact and I've lived in Queensland New South Wales Victoria and South Australia but South Australia is my adopted state I love it here and don't plan to move
0: so you've certainly spent a bit of time around the place then
1: yeah, not birding all of that time. Birding's more recent.
0: From your contact details, I'm going to reasonably assume that you work for UniSA. How is it that you got into whatever it is that you do?
1: I I went to uni late, fairly late in life. I got a Bachelor of Arts degree when I was 50. Um, and I ended up finding a casual position in the university as a research assistant And that carried on from there. And now I work for a professor at UniSA um, as a project officer working on one of his big ARC projects on housing, organizing my boss and organizing people, uh, getting research done, getting publications prepared, getting meetings sorted. Um, Anything that needs to be done, I get to do it. And it's a really diverse job. And that's what I like about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice. I'm going to suggest that perhaps birding and business research don't usually go hand in hand, so birding isn't something that you do professionally. How did you get into birding?
1: Um, I've been interested in birds a really long time. I used to keep and breed parrots at one stage, I don't anymore. Um, So back in the 1980s I think was the first time I had a pet bird and that grew into keeping birds. Now my interest in birds is more going out to see them in their natural environment, which I much prefer, and taking photos of them. Um, But yeah, um, I I have loved birds, but um, my birding with the camera didn't really happen until about maybe five years ago, that I got pretty serious about it.
0: Just for personal curiosity, what camera gear do you use? I'm always quite interested to know what what people are using.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a Canon girl. I have a Canon Seven D Mark II, oh, yeah. which is my main birding uh, body, and I usually have it attached to a four hundred millimeter prime lens. Um, I've got two other bodies though, and a range of other lenses, but that that's the setup I normally use yep. for my birds.
0: Yeah. So was there one? Was there a bird or a a birding experience that sort of tipped you over the edge into birding
1: um well if i can go right back to the start of this in 2013 i had a really tough year it was a dreadful year for me my marriage broke down my father died and a whole bunch of other awful things happened and i felt kind of like i didn't have a future like there was nothing for me And I'd often sit in my family room staring out the window noticing the birds coming in to eat my apples. This was at my Adelaide house. And there were rosellas and lorikeets that would come in. They were absolutely beautiful. And I'd enjoy watching them and thinking, you know, my overseas friends might really like some photos of those birds because they don't have those in America. So I dug out my DSLR, which I hadn't used very much. It was just a kit, kit body, kit lens and started trying to get some shots and they were dreadful shots. And I thought there must be a better way of getting photos of birds. So that just started me on the journey, um, going out to local parks and gardens and wetlands and reserves, trying to get photos of birds and trying to improve my um, my results. So, um, Yeah, after time, my my life did improve, thank goodness, and my equipment improved and my skills improved um, until I realised I was spending an awful lot of time out and about, as much time as I could, every weekend. And I found that was really therapeutic. I found that when I was out, I was getting fresh air and sunshine. I was concentrating on getting the shot, um, which meant I wasn't concentrating on the problems I had. So I found it like a meditation, almost. So And I've kept going since then.
0: Personally, I think anything that's outside and in nature is therapeutic in one way or another, so that that makes sense. Uh, Just talking about starting off, I guess not really doing very well in terms of photography and birding. Have you got any advice for anyone who's looking at getting into bird photography or... Um, just birding in general.
1: You just got to do it and it doesn't really matter what equipment you've got. Even if you just got your phone to take photos with, Mm. you can still do birding with that. Um, now of course you get better results if you get the equipment, but you've got to learn how to use it and just get out there as much as you can. I find some of the big birds are the best to concentrate on when you're trying to learn, and that's things like pelicans. They fly really slowly. You can get relatively close to them. Wetlands are great areas to see things happening. So, yeah, my advice would just be to get out as much as you can and and just do it.
0: Was there anywhere that you would spend a fair bit of time when you first started uh, bird photography?
1: My backyard, really, with my <laughs> apple trees to start with, uh, I would sit out there on a chair and just wait for the parrots to come in every afternoon, which they invariably did. Um, of course, they took one look at me and left again, but um, it taught me a lot of patience doing that. But local, local parks, local creeks, um, Anstey Hill Recreation Park in Adelaide was great, got lots of trails Greenfields, Wetlands was a great area, I used to go quite a bit. Um, but yeah, just about every suburb, every area has somewhere that's got a little bit of natural bush.
0: Yeah. Now I saw on South Aussie Birding, the Facebook group, you had a post up of some brown headed honey eaters in Spring Gully Conservation Park. And I was there. Yeah maybe a week before you put that photo up, and I could not find any water. So you, <laughs> might, you must have all the secret spots tied down.
1: Well, if you spend enough time out there, you learn about these places. Spring is excellent, although I have to say there have been times I've been there where I haven't taken a single photo, mm. that there seems to be no birds. But just lately, it's been very good. I like to take a walk to the Cascades, mm. which is... Um, It's supposed to be a waterfall when it's raining very heavily, but I've never seen it in that state. But there are puddle pools of water there. Mm. So it's nice to get there just on sunset. The views are great. And just a few weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, I was there. I'd taken the trek in and I sat on a rock and I was waiting to see what would happen. And uh, just on dusk, a a squadron of birds came in and surrounded me. They were behind me, in front of me. Um, brown-headed honey eaters um, scarlet robins um, yeah thornbills and um, the honey eaters the fantails silver eyes all sorts of cute little birds like that came in and it was just a magical moment with the sun setting uh it's really good for the soul to to be there in nature with nobody else around you and having that experience
0: yeah It's amazing, I think, how often you can be walking through somewhere and it'd be really quiet and just nothing around. And if you just stop and don't make any noise for 60 seconds, the amount of things that just seem to materialize once they don't see you as a threat traipsing through their house.
1: That's right. Mm. And it does teach you to be very observant too, because you're listening and you're looking and you're waiting, uh, hoping to see something. Um, And it's amazing what does turn up.
0: Mm. Yeah, it is. So you say that um, you lived in a few different states before South Australia, but that was before you took up birding. Have you been back? Have you done much birding around Australia or sort of just SA? Yeah,
1: mostly SA, but I've got a sister who lives in Queensland, so I get back there from time to time and i always take my camera gear with me wherever i travel and i've got a son who lives in america so i get over there sometimes um and i've done a bit of birding in england as well oh yeah so as much as i can wherever i go my camera goes with me it's heavy and awkward and i take this hand carry-on luggage which isn't great but um it's the price i pay
0: yep it is and i'm sure Probably most people could relate to that.
1: <laughs> most birders could relate to that.
0: Yeah, most birders. Yeah, I I work as a birding tour guide, and sometimes sometimes you have to hop on a plane and you got to leave clothes and all sorts behind just so you can take the gear that you need to do your job.
1: Absolutely, we know what's important.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'd rather leave a, I'd rather leave clothes behind than than my scope or binoculars.
1: Absolutely.
0: How long did you say you've been birding for now?
1: Only, only about five years. Seriously.
0: So, over those five years, have you got any particular favourite birding moments, or anything that you've just sort of really looked at and thought that was that was really something special?
1: Yeah, and sometimes I don't always get them on camera either. I don't get the evidence. Um, sometimes the experiences you've just got to watch, yeah. <laughs> um, sure. like when the birds come too close to you, that you've got your long lens and there's no way you're going to get the shot because they're right at your feet. Um, but I ha- I remember seeing a wedge tail eagle once out on the barrier highway up near Burra um, and jumped out of the car, took a few shots, it flew off into the distance and I decided to chase it so I turned around, went down a dirt, dirt road looking for it and when I got out the car, found it, and it had a hair. Um, it had picked up, and it flew up with it and dropped it. Apparently, to kill it. I think this is something they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was an awesome sight to see this uh, wedgetail eagle with a with a hair. Um, I've heard them taking fairly large animals. This was pretty big, um, but to see it with my own eyes was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah do you have any resources or different groups that you personally would recommend new birders or birders who are looking to get into it a bit more seriously join or read or uh, listen to um,
1: yeah there's there's a whole host
0: of groups
1: that I'm in all of which are really useful and helpful um, there's a range of groups on Facebook, SA Birding and SA Birds and Wildlife, Um, there's SA Nature Tears as well on Facebook, there's Twitter groups, um, BirdLife Australia, um, and um, I'm on Instagram as well, which is a fun place to just share photos, Um, but yeah, there's plenty of help out there on the internet if you go looking for it. Mm.
0: So in terms of, say, the next five years of your birding career, do you have any dream locations or do you have a, I don't want to say a hit list, but some sort of list of things that you would really like to see?
1: Uh, the wish list. Yes, that's the, yeah. that's the word I was looking
0: for, wish list.
1: The wish list. I've got a few things I'd love to see. Of course, every bird is going to say the night parrot, aren't they? Yep. Um, but, of course, that's that's your dream tell them they're dreaming mm-hmm. <laughs> um i would love to see the plains wanderer oh yeah um hope to, to build come um reserve and see, look for those um the emu wrens and the grass wrens i haven't seen yet um bowerbirds and mallee fowls um but really anything anything new is is great for me. I keep a this is pretty geeky, nerdy stuff, but I keep a spreadsheet of the birds I've seen and photographed so any any new bird to add to that's you know a really good day out birding in my opinion
0: yep. do you have many left on your what you can find within a you know a day's trip from where you are
1: um yeah, I'm not sure about that. That's not how I think about it, but um, certainly there's a lot of common birds that other people have seen that I've never seen. I mean, I've never seen an owl at nightjar, and I know they're out there. Mm-hmm. Plenty of my friends are seeing them, but I haven't been lucky enough yet. Yeah. So, yeah, there's always that.
0: Yeah, and sometimes they just turn up. In fact, I drove past an owl at nightjar on my driveway last night, so they're certainly out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: have to come and visit then.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So out of everywhere that you have been birding so far, is there anywhere that you would say people should have on their bucket list to go birding at some point?
1: Yeah, well, everyone talks about Gloopot. You can't... Gloopot Reserve north of Waggery is amazing. I love going there. Um, And I think a lot of South Australian birders would direct you to that. Um, but I love the Air Peninsula a lot. Um, I find you get the coastal birds and the inland birds there, plus some beautiful scenery. So I get over there as much as I can. So as soon as we're through this lockdown, uh, I'll be trying to head over there for a bit of a holiday.
0: Yeah, cool. So how's the how's the lockdown coronavirus situation affected your birding at all? Do you still get out and about and most of your places relatively close to home and it doesn't really make much difference.
1: Being being in the country makes it a lot easier because there just isn't aren't the people here. So going to Spring Gully for me is a really easy quick outing. Um and I'm, you know, if I run into three people there it's a busy day. Um and just walking around the block here. Um I can grab my camera and go for a bit of a walk just locally and still get some great birds. I mean, we have corellas um, here all the time, galahs, magpies all the usual sorts of birds you expect to see in a country town. Yep. There's always something happening and every often you get a surprise and something shows up that you're not expecting. So um, that's how I look at it. You go out with your camera, you keep trying, something will pop up.
0: Do you have a, a yard list? Do you have a list of all the birds you've seen in your backyard?
1: Yeah. I made a little collage up of the birds I've seen in this yard and around the block. Uh, I just very recently saw a wedgetail eagle from my front porch. Oh, that's not bad. Flyover. That was a nice bird to see from the yard. So birding at home, we're trying to do all this birding at home to keep safe. That was a very nice one to add to my list. And I did manage to get a very bad shot of it. Got, um, yeah, I think I've got, oh, how big is that collage? Probably maybe 30 birds. Um, um, but yeah, um, always, it's always good to see the raptors, like the collared sparrowhawks and things like that.
0: Mm, all right, well, thanks for coming on the show, Sandy. It's uh, been great to chat to you and get to know a little bit more about your birding. And are uh, very welcome. Yeah, and no doubt, well... Hopefully, maybe we'll see each other at some point in the next little little while. We don't live too far away, so maybe we'll... Will... No,
1: that's right. Maybe I'll come and have a look for that owl at night show you've got in your driveway, for goodness sake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Sandy, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye.
0: Now, if you happen to know of anyone, maybe even yourself, just a general birder, maybe you know someone who's doing some research, maybe you know someone who works in the field who would make a, a good guest on the show um, please let me know either via Facebook you can email me at michael at thebirdersguide.com or you can go to thebirdersguide.com and there's a contact page there would love to hear from everybody and I will I will get back to anyone who sends me a message and until then happy self-isolating birding